Go to 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. 2 Corinthians, chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9, we'll begin in verse 6. The Holy Ghost here is speaking. And he says through Paul, I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. He enjoys it. God and God is able. How many believe he's able? He's able to make all grace. Now this is grace. How many know there's financial grace? There's material, there's grace for all areas of life, but sometimes when people think of grace, they don't think of monetary, financial things. They think, well, that's just all spirit. No, he's talking about money here. You understand this if you're familiar with this passage. He's talking about taking up an offering. He's talking about money. And he said, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Grace for what? So that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Do you know that It has always been God's perfect will that there be no lack among us. I mean all of us among the whole body of Christ, among the whole nation, among the whole world. God's perfect will is that there not be a man, a woman, a child on the planet that is lacking anything. That has always been His will. The reason it's not that way is because of the work of the devil and because of the sin of mankind. All of the junk and the poverty and the lack that's here is not because of God. It's because of the sin of man and the work of the devil. But he said God's able to make grace abound to us so that we always have all sufficiency in all things. That means you've got everything you need in every area and you're able to abound to not just two or three, but every good work that God causes you to know about and brings across your path. If we're not living that, we gotta come up. Yeah. Don't we? We gotta, because this, we believe the Bible. Yeah. You know, some charismatics used to make fun of some folk in other groups and denominations, and they say, well, they just, you know, they, they try to water down the scriptures to match their experience. If they didn't speak in tongues, they try to explain it away. Well, that's passed away with the last apostle. But you know, you say that kind of thing, and, and you watch out, you judge them, you, you, the Bible says you're guilty of the same thing. Romans 2 said, if you judge another, you're guilty of the same thing. And so, you know, it's so easy to water down any part of the word. If we're not there, let's not explain it away. Let's believe God to elevate our experience to match the book. Can you say amen? amen. We're talking about too much. We're talking about blessings that you have. You don't have room to contain it or hold it. We're talking about, you know, having everything you need in every area and giving to every work bountifully that you know of. If we're not there, let's get there. Let's get there. Amen. Just like if you don't talk in tongues, let's get there. Let's talk in tongues. Don't water it down to match your lack of experience. Believe God to elevate your experience to match the book in the Bible. He went on to say, verse 9, as it's written, he has dispersed abroad. He's given. See, given to every good work. He's given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. You know, the, the angel told Cornelius that his prayers and his alms, his gifts to the poor, had come up before the throne, had come up before God himself. Now, he that ministers, what? Verse 10, I want you to know this in particular. He that ministers, what? Seed. Seed. 
to the sower. Oh, glory to God. How many know that God will give you seed when you need seed? I tell you, that has become so real to me. Uh, Over this past year or two, there's been several situations where the Lord dealt with me to give something to someone, and I did not have it. I mean, that's just a regular thing, but I mean some substantial things the last year or two. I didn't have it, but he said that shouldn't hold you back. It's because you don't have it. Why? Because I give seed to the sower, he said. Glory. You can, I mean, how many would like to give a large amount to the church, to the building fund? What Would you like to do that? Why don't you? Well, I ain't got it. Exactly. Exactly. He gives what? Claim the seed. I mean, rear back and stretch yourself and claim you 10,000. <laughs> or 20. Or a thousand or fifty or five hundred. I don't know where your faith is at, but claim you. Just reach back and get you some seed. Claim it. He's done it for us again as recently as last night. He had somebody come over and hand us some seed that I didn't even know I was going to need. And then he said, now I want you to do something with this. He said, you need more seed than you thought you did. I said, okay. And there it was. Everybody say, he gives, he gives. seed. To the sower. Don't ever say you don't have anything to give. I don't care if your bank account says absolute zero. You just claim you some seed and then you got some. When it comes in, recognize what it is. Seed. And sow it. He that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and what? Oh boy. Multiply. Multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Oh, hallelujah. God gives you seed. I mean, you, if you've got absolutely nothing, it's not a problem. Ask Him for seed. Claim seed. Then when you get your seed, what do you do with it? You sow it. And what does he do with what you sow? Oh, boy. He multiplies. Does anybody know what multiplication is? It is not addition. Two plus two is what? And two times two is what? Four. But three times three is not six. What is it? And what's nine times nine? What's 81 times 81? (laughs) I didn't figure we'd get too far with that. But how do you see what I'm talking about? How many steps is that? Multiplied one time is nine. Multiplied again just twice is 81. Multiplied three times is what? When we talk about manifold, thirty-fold, six, we're talking about what? Multiplication, thirty times, sixty times, one hundred times. Now, when you multiply something times one hundred, it doesn't take long for the figures to get big, does it? Now, of course, if you multiply zero times one hundred, 
So it's got to be something. God doesn't multiply nothing. He multiplies something. But then as he already said, if you sow liberally, bountifully, amen, then the bigger figure multiplied is, of course, going to be the much bigger figure. Everybody say multiplication. Multiplication. God has always been big on multiplication. Always. In the beginning, what did he do? He created the heavens and the earth. He created the, the, the fish. And what did he take? What did he say? For them to multiply. He created the fowl, the birds, and he told them to multiply. And of course, we know the same principle applies to the trees and to the plants. Everything that is here is because of multiplication. Isn't it? And then after the man had been created, what did he tell man? Be fruitful and multiply. Now, a lot of those people think that only applies to us having children. It does apply to that, but it's much more than that. It encompasses much more than that. God revealed himself to Abram as the, his, the God, his exceeding great reward. Yes. Hallelujah. And the next thing you read about, he has made him rich. He has multiplied his stock, his sheep, his goats. His camels, his donkeys, they're multiplying. I said they're multiplying. You know, that's what the Bible said about Job. It said his flocks were teeming in the land. One translation said teeming. How many know what teeming is? See, I mean, it's one thing when you start out with a couple. How many know you start out with two or three rabbits? It's not that big of a deal. Huh? But you keep those rabbits and don't sell any rabbits and don't get any rabbits. How many rabbits are you going to have two or three years from now? I mean, the county is going to be teeming with rabbits. That is God's law of increase in the earth. It's God's law of multiplication. Glory. Are you getting at least a little bit stirred? I mean, we got a ways to go, but I just want to know that you're with me here. Multiplication. 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 So God multiplied. It also said, talked about Him multiplying Abraham's and Jacob's and Israel and the descendants of, of Joseph. Their, their gold and their silver was multiplied. 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 Jesus is the greatest seed of all time. He Himself. Is God's seed, redemptive seed, sown into the earth. He said, you know, if a kernel of wheat abide, you know, doesn't fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it falls into the ground and dies, it brings forth much fruit. Jesus allowed himself to be crucified. He, he laid his life down. Nobody took it from him. But he let them take him. He let them plant him. And when the, the grave received him, and when hell received him, the seed got in the ground. Oh, glory to God. And the seed died. But then the seed germinated, came to life in the heart of the earth, and he rose from the dead, and those that saw him were born again. And then the 120... And then on the day of Pentecost, 3,000. Are you with me now? What's happening here? It's multiplying. Multiplying. Until now, what's happening in the earth? 
The Bible talks about that the Word of God increased. And those disciples multiplied. In the book of Acts, you see that a couple of times. Multiplied. That is happening today on an unprecedented scale. Some years ago, the devil came and was trying to harass me. He said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about this need? What are you going to do about this attack? What are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? And one of the dumbest things you could ever do is sit there and go, I don't know. <laughs> and he was worried. I mean, the devil is, he's a pain. And he, and he just, it's so irritating. I mean, hour after hour, he'll do it all day and night if you listen. What are you going to do? He's on my shoulder. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Huh? What are you going to do? And if you meditate on that, you'll open your mouth after a while and go, what am I going to do? And you say, that's right. What are you going to do? But glory to God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost inside me after some time of that, he, he, I don't mean to heard a voice out here, but inside me, he spoke up. He said, why don't you ask him what he's going to do? He said, you don't have any problems beside his problems. Worst case scenario, if I failed in my faith walk, if I died young and premature, if I lost everything I had, I, what, I died. Then what? I'm out of here. I go to heaven and check my mansion out. I'm safe. Worst case scenario. As bad as it can happen. I come out looking good. <laughs> I got it. I picked up on what he said. I said, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Devil. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Huh? You, you worried about me? You ought not be worried about me. You got major problems. Major problems. The Word of God is going all over the earth. I mean, the earth is literally filling up with the glory of God. And there's not a thing you can do about it. Not a thing. You can't stop it. People are finding out. People are getting born again like popcorn. I mean, like popcorn. Uh, what you gonna do? Huh? What you gonna do? People are getting filled with the Holy Ghost. They got the greater one that ate your lunch at the resurrection living inside of them. What you going to do? What are you going to do? They're finding out they got authority over you in the name of Jesus. They're saying, under my feet. Under. What are you going to do? What are you? And you know I read in the back of the book that the time is short. Short. Tick, tick, tick. You're running out of time, bad boy. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, I read that a great big angel is going to come down with some chains and slap them on your silly self and throw you in a pit and shut the door. What are you going to do? What, what are you? He's gone by then. He was gone. He, he don't want to hear that. But do you see what we're talking about? That there is this multiplication of revelation in the earth. There's this multiplication. People are getting a hold of their rights in Christ. God's will for prosperity and healing like never before. It's not, it's not just increasing additionally a little bit. It is multiplying. It is multiplying. Oh, glory to God. Revelation is being multiplied in the earth. It's coming at a faster pace to more people stronger and further than it's ever come. 
Why? Because this thing's winding up. I said it's winding up. And there's a lot of things that must be done. Every one of the prophecies must be fulfilled. Exactly. It's all got to be done within the right time frame. And God is orchestrating the thing. And He's having to crank up some things. <laughs> and I'm so glad I'm right in the middle of it, ain't you? Oh, glory to God. Everybody say multiply. 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 He gives you seed to sow. He ministers or He provides, takes care of the expense for your bread, for your food, and He multiplies your seed sown. Not hype, not conjecture. 2 Corinthians 9.10 He multiplies your seed sown. Go with me now to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Matthew 14. Matthew chapter 14. We're going to read three passages of the... Uh, of uh, similar accounts. And there's a reason why we're going to do this. It's actually recorded in uh, Mark uh, 6 and 8 and Luke 9. But for time's sake, we're just going to read three passages instead of those other three. But the story here in the account is the feeding of the multitudes. And that's the thing that's just been bubbling in my spirit for the past year. Is this passage of Scripture, the Lord kept saying, there's some things here you're not seeing, there's some things you're not seeing. I knew it was wonderful and amazing, but this, this passage is a key to unlocking that truth in Revelation. How many believe that this actually literally happened? That there was the multitude, there was the little handful of food, and that God multiplied it so that they all ate and were full and had left over? You believe that? We believe the Bible. This is, we believe it. We're talking about a miracle. You can't explain this with natural terminology, but that we believe in miracles. That's what separates us from other folk. We believe it. We're not, we don't accept that somebody tries to mealy mouth and explain it and rationalize it away. No, it happened just like it says right here. It's a miracle. It's a sign. But, it's not just here for us to look at and ooh and guy at and go, man, wasn't that wonderful? That was amazing. John tells us that if all the things that Jesus said and did were recorded, not even the world itself could contain the books that should be written. So we have a very small portion or percentage of what Jesus said and did recorded. And the reason what we have is what we have is because it was handpicked by the Holy Ghost. Because, I mean, there were a lot of things that happened in Jesus' ministry that were great for then, but it didn't necessarily teach eternal truths for everybody to try to apply every generation. There were some specific things. But these things are for everybody in every generation to apply. Are we supposed to be having these kinds of things happen? Yes. Now, some people would scoff at that, but do you believe that or not? Jesus said, the works that I did, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. See, if it had stayed here, the works would have just kept getting greater and greater. But He went on, and we are His body. Amen. Continuing the same things that He did. And yet, this does, I mean, in our society, particularly right, right here, there are places where they, they could use a miracle like this just to get feed the hungry at the moment. With a lot of us, we're not going hungry every day. Right? God's meeting our needs. But is there any application of this to our life? Is there? 
Multiplication. Everybody say multiplication. Let's read these passages and then I want to expound on them as the Lord would help us. Matthew, the 14th chapter, verse 14. Matthew 14, 14. Jesus went forth and he saw a great multitude. He was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. And, everybody say and. And. Now he goes into talking about the feeding of the multitude. See, in the Lord's mind, healing and material provision just come back to back. He healed them and he fed them. Healed them and met their needs. Did you, now I've seen this again and again, that people that didn't know the word of God and the things of God, God lead them into healing. And then what happens? Lead them into prosperity. I've seen that again, and I'm not saying that happens every time, but that's the way he did it with us. I've seen it happen again and again and again. He goes on to say, When it was evening, his disciples came to him, and they said, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Now, I want you to keep that in your mind. The time is now past. What does that mean? It's late in the day. Right? What time would that be? Late in the day. Well, it's not dark. But it's way after dinner, right? Late afternoon, four o'clock, what, five o'clock, something like that. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. See, they said, uh, they said, you know, you need to get them out of here and let them take care of themselves. Verse 16, Jesus said to them, they don't need to go anywhere. (laughs) You know, so many times we think things have to come a certain way. Huh? And, you know, there's, there's three or four ways that it's happened before. And you think, well, this is the way it's got to happen. How many know it don't got to happen that way? (laughs) And before we just go through the same motions we went through or try to look toward the same channels we have in the past, We need to realize God is the master at providing from unexpected and what we think unlikely channels and situations. He said, this is a desert place. The time is now past. Send them away. Jesus said, they don't need to go anywhere. You give them to eat. Now, what they immediately think? (laughs) What do you mean? Now, we're going to see that they did have some things they could have done. We're going to talk about that. But how many know that after what we've already talked about tonight, that you can't just stand up and say, well, God, I can't do anything. Oh, yes, you can. Why? There you go there. Because he gives seed to the sower. There are many times the Lord will tell you to do something about something, and you'd look at your checking account and you say, I can't. That didn't mean he wants you to run out and borrow the money. It means he wants you to claim some seed. I said, claim some seed. It didn't mean he wants you to, you know, necessarily hawk everything you got or sell everything you got. You, you be willing to if he tells you to sell something, but you need to be able to just claim the seed. I'm just claiming that. Believing for that seed to come in. So it's amazing how well your faith will work on that when you're believing for something to give it away. Because you know you're not being selfish, isn't it? Right? And faith works by love. And he says that they said to him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. Notice the word but. But. That's another way of saying only just. 
That's all we got. He said, bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. Now, actually, they lay down. They didn't sit and eat like we do today. They actually would recline, kind of prop up on one elbow. They're laying down. Maybe they knew something we didn't, we don't know. Maybe that sounds pretty comfortable. And of course, you know, your hands right there close to your mouth. (laughs) Your stomach's not crunched up. That's the way they did it. And they, they took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and he broke it. And he gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. They that had eaten were about five thousand men beside women and children. So how many people are we talking about here? We know for a fact there's at least five thousand men. And he says that wasn't counting the women and the children. Now, you know, if, if there, if every one of the guys were married, which they probably wasn't, if every one of them was married and had two kids, that'd have been 20,000 people. But we'll be more concerned. Now, this is, this is before the days of birth control. <laughs> so there's probably a lot of them out there had four, five, eight, ten kids. And then there's some of them that wasn't married. But I think conservatively speaking, conservatively, 10, 12,000, conservatively. And uh, all of them ate and were filled and had leftovers from a little boy's lunch. How many believe that? Stick your hand up and say, I believe every word of it. I do too. Go to the 15th chapter. Now see, there are two incidents in the scripture. There's the feeding of the 5,000 and there's the feeding of the 4,000. And we're about to read that account right now. Matthew fifteen thirty. Matthew fifteen thirty. Great multitudes. That's a lot of people. A multitude's a lot of people. A great multitude is even more people. Great multitudes. Uh. <laughs> we're talking about a whole heap of folks. You know, I think sometimes people don't don't get it that they, they see Jesus on the hillside with twenty or thirty folks. We're talking on some occasions scores of thousands of people or more. Huge, huge crowds. The Bible says that the great multitudes came to him having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed. This is the only scripture that specifically mentions maimed that I'm aware of. See, that would have to do like maybe a wild animal getting a hold of somebody or somebody being run over by a chariot or something and disfigured and maimed and maybe partly dismembered or whatever. How many know God can heal and make whole the maimed? He did it and he does it. They cast him down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Healing glorifies God. 
Then Jesus called, then, see all this goes together. See, healing, and then he met their needs. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and he said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now. How long? Three days. Three days and have nothing to eat. Now think about that. They've been out there for three days. And we think sometimes we stayed for three hours and we really... We, we were, we were delayed a meal by 30 minutes or whatever. How'd you like to postpone your meals for three days during a big service? How many know that when, when the glory is there and when it's right, you forget about your belly growling? You can, I mean, you can get so caught up in the things of God till you just, you hardly pay any attention to your flesh. I've been there a few times. I mean, you just, you, you, you hardly realize you got a body. Or that it needs anything. How many of you remember Moses got caught up in the glory on the mount? Forty days without eating or drinking. You can't do that physically. But in the glory you can do that. I said in the glory you can do it and feel better when you come back than you did when you left. Three days they were there just enraptured. In the word of God and the things of God. And now, you know, he begins to wind up and the anointing begins to lift. And they realize we are hungry. <laughs> Majorly hungry. <laughs> and, and the Lord said, I have compassion on them. Verse 32, I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. How many know the Lord won't send you away fasting as far as doing without, without going in lack? It bothers him that anybody goes away lacking. Verse 33, his disciples say to him when they heard him say that, they said, whence, we would say, where, remember that word, where should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill so great a multitude? Now man, that is the age old unbelieving word when it comes to provision. Where? Where is it coming from? Where, where can we, how are we going to get it? Where we, see, faith doesn't say that. Because you know it's coming from God. And you don't have to know the channels. You don't have to know who He uses or how it works. Faith doesn't talk that way. Where are we going to get it? They said, where? Jesus said to him, them, how many loaves have ye? What do you have? They said, seven and a few little fishes. Now again, they keep minimizing it. It's only this. It's just a little bit of this. It's just few of these. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves and the fishes, gave thanks. Now, we already read that he blessed it. This says he gave thanks. These are two different incidents. And these are two things that he did. He gave thanks and he also blessed, which is not the same thing. Different words, different meanings. And he break them, he gave to the disciples, the disciples gave to the multitude, they did all eat and were filled, and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full, and they that did eat were four thousand men beside, again, women and children. So we know again, you know, uh, at least probably ten thousand people, could have been twenty, could have been more, but we'll be conservative, ten, twelve thousand. Go to John, this last passage. I know this takes a little time, but I don't, I don't think it'll hurt you. John 6, are you there? When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, 
He saw a great company come to him, and he said to Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Because he, see, the other passages revealed to us that they were saying and talking that way anyway. He, he, he asked them that. Not because he didn't know. Verse 6, this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus has already got revelation. He's already got direction on what to do in this, this case. There's going to be a, a working of miracles here. He's already got that in his spirit. He already knows what to do. And it would help us to remember, he didn't do this as God, operating in the omnipotence of God. He laid aside his mighty weight and glory, Philippians says. He became like other men. He did this like any other man of God today would do it, or woman of God. You believe that? He did, with no unfair advantage over us. And that's hard for some people to grasp, but it's the truth. He did it as a man, hearing from God, acting on the Word of God, acting on the direction of the Holy Spirit. This he said to prove him. Will the Lord ever ask you a question? What kind of answer did he expect Philip to give him? A faith answer. He always expects a faith answer. No matter what's going on, he expects you to respond. You don't have to know the details. You don't have to know where it's coming from. You don't have to know the hows and the whens, but you do have to respond in faith. Well, how did he respond? He said, well, Philip said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them might take a, a little or a bite. Now, a penny in those days was the average worker's wage for a day. So you're talking somewhere around by, only way you can give this relevance is if you say what the average worker uh, makes today for a day pay. And of course that varies wildly, but just being conservative, he said about $10,000 worth of bread wouldn't touch this. $10,000 worth of Happy Meals, Lord, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't put a dent in this. Again, that tells you that you've got 10,000 plus people, right? Because if you just spend a dollar on each one of them, you know. Now, one thing we know is that they had some money. They could have done this. Right? I mean, you don't say, do you want me to go buy y'all something to eat? And you ain't got no money. But notice his emphasis is that that wouldn't touch it. He, he's need conscious and not God conscious. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here. Now, lad here, if you look it up, it's not a baby. It's not a young man or young woman. Not, not a, a teenager in all likelihood. Probably uh, somewhere around eight, nine, ten years old. Something like that. Little boy, the, the Greek, Greek literally says. So he's old enough to be there and have a lunch. But he wasn't, you know, you wouldn't call him... You know, grown by any means. A little boy had a lunch. He had five barley loaves and two small fish. But then Andrew goes on to say, but what are they among so many? Now here, friend, is a great truth to get from this passage of Scripture. Again and again, they are not esteeming the seed. They don't see the seed. They don't recognize the seed. They're not valuing or honoring or respecting the seed. 
When they tell him about how great the need is, he says, what do you have? Then he told them, go and see. This took some effort. I said, they, they had to go through the crowd. They got them all sitting down, companies of 50 and companies of 100. And the 12 are going through this big mass of people going, y'all have any food? And I was, if I had some food, I'd be eating. I'm hungry. We don't have anything. Y'all got any food? No. Y'all got some food? This would have taken a while. Thousands of people they had to go through. And nobody had anything. I mean, nothing. They've been there three days. I mean, most of them, if they brought something, they ate it, you know, the day before yesterday. <laughs> and one of the disciples gets down in the middle of the crowd or something. He says, anybody got any food over here? A little boy, eight, nine, ten years old, whatever. He lifts up his hand. He says, I do. How many know he didn't have to say anything? Huh? He didn't have to say anything. But he said, I do. I got my lunch. Now, how many know that the Lord would not allow those disciples to take that away from that little boy? I mean, we know enough about his character and nature. They did not take that away from that little boy. Not a chance. If he would have been holding on to it crying saying, that's my lunch. My mama gave that to me. You can't. They would not have taken and ripped that out of his little hands. Would they? Would our Lord Jesus rip a lunchbox out of an eight-year-old's hands? No. No. What do we know? He voluntarily gave that. He sowed it. He did it because he wanted to. Amen. He did. He must have been listening to Jesus preaching for these last three days. How many know a lot of times kids will get stuff when the adults are still trying to figure it out? They just go, okay, I believe that. And are ready to act on it. But even then, when they brought it up to Jesus, and they said, well, this is all we could find. Five uh, barley loaves, two small fish. Now, people, I've heard read after some theologians, bless their hearts, they try to make out like this is a whole lot of food. They said, oh man, the loaves were big. They were big loaves. And some of those fish were lunkers too, man. They were. Yeah, like this little eight-year-old boy has got a hundred pounds of bread in his Batman lunchbox. I don't care if he had 500 pounds of food. It wouldn't have touched this. No, no. Little boy's lunch. Be the Children don't eat much more now than they did then. I mean, they're about the same size. What would a little child eat? Would I, I don't think it'd be a pound of food, probably. He might have had a pound of food. Little ones probably would eat, you know, half a pound or less or, you know, just a few ounces. Let's say he... His mama packed him a robust lunch, and he's got a pound plus of food in here. That's still not much. Hold it in your hands. Five barley loaves. Now, that's not loaves like we think. Uh, apparently, the, the loaves were flat and hard. That's why you broke them. And they were probably about the thickness of your thumb. More, we'd, we'd look at them more like a tortilla. <laughs> you know, something like that, because that's kind of what they were. He had five of them. And he had two, the Bible says, small 
fish. Now, if it had been today, he'd probably have some fish sticks. <laughs> but that's before the day of Mrs. Paul's or whatever. So he's got two little fish. Not medium-sized fish, not big fish, two small little fish. But again, every time that it came up, the disciples, other ones kept minimizing the sea. They kept saying, this is just, you know, in other words, why even talk about this? Why even bring this up? But it was the key to the miracle, wasn't it? It was the key, the seed. What if there had been no little boy's lunch? We're talking about multiplication now. What if there had been no little, what if there was nothing in the crowd? Zero times a hundred is what? Nothing to multiply. Friend, every time that you and I face challenges or we need something or God is bringing us into the next level, we're not to look at the hugeness of the need. How big it is and, and the, the greatness of the need before us. We're to look for the seed. What is in our hand? What is in our house? You know, the Lord's teaching me just ever so often. I like to go through the house. Look through the closets. Get in the jewelry box. Look around. Get out in the garage. Look around in my toolbox. What if I, I need to be aware of my seed status? Right? I need to be aware because, you know, the, the key to miracles are right in your house. They're right in your pocket. They're right in your closet. It's there. Do you believe it? God's been doing this a long, long time. Long, long time. Go to 2 Kings 4 real quickly. I could quote some of this to you, but just go there and look at it. 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. 2 Kings 4. These are some of the wonders and miracles that happened in the life and ministry of the prophet Elisha. And this, you, we're well aware of it. I know most of you know this, but let's read it. Let's think about it. Second Kings 4.1 Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come. Everybody say, the creditor is come. <laughs> Bad news, huh? The creditor is come. He's come to take to him my two sons to be bondmen. See, this was before the day of filing bankruptcy. <laughs> there were no such thing. You know, this is one reason the Lord wants us to get free from debt. Because it's, it can be an avenue for the enemy to put pressure on us. To scrunch us, to squeeze us. The creditors come. And see, in those days, they could take everything you had, including your children, including your wife, and sell them for slaves and take the money and put it on the debt. You sell yourself, they'd sell you for a slave. Ever, ever member of your family? And that's what was happening to her. She is in a terrible way here. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Now maybe he's thinking out loud a little bit, checking his heart. He's, he says, what, a, what am I going to do for you? Then what's the, what's the very next thing he said? Had to be by revelation. It's recorded in the Bible right here. What did he say to her? Tell me what he said. What did he say? 
What do you have in the house? Now, what would have been her first thought? What do you think? You think I got a safe full of money somewhere in there? Why do you think I'm out here crying like this? We're broke. Flat broke. We're broke. You understand? We're past broke. The creditor has come. And they had what they needed right in the house. They had the answer to the situation right in the house. She said, well, I don't have anything in the house except. (laughs) See, I'm endeavoring to get this out the best I know how, friend. Do do you understand that sometimes people are saying, well, man, I don't have anything in the world except. Except this five dollar bill right here. It's all I got to my name. And then they want to cry after that. When they should be going, glory. Look at here. Look at here. Look, I got a five. I, it's not over. I got a seed. I got a seed. I got and go around shouting and get everybody to hook up with you. He said, what do you got in the house? What do you have on you? What do you have that you own that's yours that you can give? She said, I got a little bit of oil in the pot, but then that's, you know. In other words, like they were saying, what is that? This is one of the biggest problems in the church concerning prosperity. Not valuing seed. Not esteeming seed. And there are a lot of folks that they, unless they can give a certain amount, they won't give. Ashamed to, embarrassed to. And they're talking about when my ship comes in and I'm going to, honey, ain't no ship left. Ain't no ship coming. Zero times a hundred is what? Zero. Zero. At least if it's just one times a hundred, what's that? It's a hundred. Two times a hundred. How about ten times a hundred? Huh? Ten dollars times a hundred is what? Could you use an extra thousand dollars? You got a ten? <laughs> got any faith? Mm, mm. She said, I just got a little bit of oil in a pot. You know the story. He said, go borrow vessels, a broad of your neighbors, empty vessels. Borrow not a few. Now, when God says, go get some vessels and don't just get a few, what do you do? If you're smart, you'll put ads in the paper. I want your pots. You put ads on the radio. Bring me your pots. You'll rent a warehouse. You'll rent you a railway car and a few empty box, you know, trailers, uh, tractor trailer rigs. And you'll fill them until God says, okay, all right, all right, that's enough pots. So she went and got some. And she came in and she poured out into all those vessels. Poured out into all those vessels and, and set aside what's full. She went in, shut the door. Her sons brought her the vessels. She began to pour out. It took faith to do this. It took faith to go out and get the pots. Right? took faith to go in the house and do this. They shut the door. She's got this little gallon pot. Her son brings up a four-gallon pot. She starts to pour. She pours. How many know that your head will tell you what? (laughs) This is going to be empty. Just a few seconds. It always works that way, you know, in the natural. It's day-to-day stuff. 
She's pouring out. And she gets it about halfway. And by this time you should be tilting it up higher than this to empty out the last bit. But it's still running just fine. Like this. One gallon, two gallon, three gallons, four gallons up to the brim out of a gallon pot. By this time they are, they know God is work. This is a miracle. I bet you they're just, you know, this, this is like dollars falling out here. This is money. This oil is worth a lot of money. So she probably didn't want to upset this. She said, son, uh, slide that out. Slide another one up under there. Quick. I'm just going to hold it right here. Slide, slide it. So she's pouring and it pours. This time they got them a 10 gallon pot. So the 10 gallon pot fills all the way up. They're looking at each other going, glory to God. Slide it out. Slide another one in. So they slide them a 25 gallon pot in there and it's just filling. I mean, they do this. I don't know how long. Minutes, hours. I don't know, but they're, they're pouring and they're pouring and they're pouring. I mean, they're ecstatic. What's that? What's that one over there with? That'd be worth about a thousand dollars. That's worth. $150. Oh, that's worth $2,000. How much is it? You adding this up? You adding this up? Give me another pot. So let's slide a pot. Another pot. Just get the pots lined up. Get them lined up. Get them ready. Son, you do what? Do it now. Do it now. And the boy, they're ecstatic. And then she says, all right, all right, uh, give me another pot. And he said, mama, that's all the pots. So don't mess with me. Slide a pot right now. He said, mama, that's, that's all the pots. And the oil stayed. The miracle of multiplication continued as long as there was a reception. As long as there was a vessel that could hold some. It kept multiplying and it kept flowing. As soon as there was no more vessel to receive, it stopped. Now you tell me, what if it had another thousand pots? What do you think? Another hundred pots. Another five hundred. It didn't say that God got tired of it happening and said, okay, that's not, no, it said what? She ran out of pots. That's why it stopped, because it ran out of pots. When the last vessel, the oil was stayed. There's not a vessel more, the oil stayed. Verse 7, she came, told the man of God, testified. She said, oh, glory to God, you ought to have seen all the oil that came out of that thing. We got X amount of gallons of oil. He said, well, go sell the oil. Pay the debt. Send the creditor back home. Creditors come. Well, he can go back too. <laughs> Write him a check. Send him back. And then you live, you and your children, off the rest. I mean, there's a substantial amount of money. to clear out all of their debts. And they got plenty of money to live on for some length of time. We're talking here about the miracle of multiplication. We're talking about material, financial miracles. Can you say amen? amen? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Skip on down to uh, the latter, last part of the chapter. 2 Kings uh, 4.42 I'm just wanting you to see this is not some isolated thing in the Word. God's been doing it from centuries past. He's doing it. He did it then. He's doing it now. 2 Kings 4.42 There came a man from Baal Shalishah and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits. Remember Proverbs said, Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase. They're bringing the man of God the first and the best 
of what God has blessed them with, twenty loaves of barley and full ears of corn in the husk thereof. And he said, Give to the people that they may eat. And his servitor said, What? Shall I set this before a hundred men? Twenty loaves of bread and some ears of corn. And he said, I want you to put, put the, you know, tell the guys to come, come and sit down or recline to eat. And the man said, are you joking? You want me to set this out for all these guys? You know how they can eat. And what did he say? He said again, give. Give the people that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and they shall leave thereof. So he said it before them. They did eat and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, we'll see this further, but the miracle of multiplication happened as long as they were receiving. As long as they were receiving. As long as when they all got full, they still had some left, but it stopped. Now go back to John. Let's finish this. John, the sixth chapter. Jesus had asked them, you know, what we're going to do. They talked about it. They found the boy with the five loaves and two small fish. They said, what's that among so many? Verse 9. They weren't esteeming the seed, like we said. Jesus said, make the men sit down. There was much grass in the place. How many know faith prepares? Faith gets ready for a thing when it looks like there's no reason to get ready for it. Right? Noah prepared an ark for the saving of his household when it looked like there's no reason to be building a boat out here. Faith gets ready. Big faith gets ready big. He went on to say, make them sit down. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. We know this is besides the, uh, not counting the women and children. Jesus took the loaves. When he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. All they wanted. Now notice this word distribute. I, this was something I thought about for, at some length. I tried to put myself there and see how this happened. Because I wanted to relive it. And so much information if we just look for it. Sometimes you have to look up a word or two and it just opens something else. This word distributes the same word over in the book of Acts where the people brought in, you know, sold their possessions and their lands and they brought in and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to every man as they had need. Well, I begin to think about what it would be like to, to serve all these people and how this happened. They went through the crowd asking who had food. The little boy said, I got some. And they said, well, can we have it? He said, yeah. They said, they said, Jesus wants us to see who's got any. And he said, I'll give it to Jesus. And he gave his lunch after being out there for three days. The whole bunch is starving, as we'd say. I mean, Jesus said they're so weak, if they leave and don't eat, they'll like pass out on the road. Well, three days and night, you know, it's nothing to eat. And uh, he gave it willingly, he gave it gladly. He sold it to Jesus. Well, 
They took it to Jesus. They were saying, you know, no big deal about this. He said, you just give it to me. Give it to me. It was a big deal to him. How many know what's not a big deal to man can be a big deal to God? Remember the widow's two mites? It's the heart of the giver. It's not what you don't have, it's what you have. Jesus took it. And the Bible said he gave thanks for it. Can you picture this? He said, y'all all sit down and get ready to eat. He's lifted, he's got all the hand for the whole multitude, all the food for the whole multitude in his hands. He lifts it up. He says, Father, we thank you for this. Thank you for being our provider. Thank you. You are, I always have always been Jehovah Jireh. God who sees ahead, provides a supply. Thanked him. Thank you for it. Then it said he blessed it. Now to bless means to speak well of or speak good over. He blessed it. That word is also accompanied with prosperity. To bless something is to speak increase or to speak prosperity over it. He spoke prosperity. He spoke blessing. He spoke increase over it as he held it in his hands. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank God for it. And he spoke blessing over it. He spoke increase and prosperity over it. Then he, he called the twelve up to him. He broke some off and gave to them and said, Now you go give this to the people. Go give this to the people. Go give it to the people. Now how I many know he's just he got five little tortilla things and a couple little fish. As he's breaking it off, you'd run out pretty quick. He's breaking it off 12 times just right here. Let me tell you something else. He kept some of that for himself. As he, after he's distributing it out, he kept some. That's how you know that. The law of first fruits. I said the law of first fruits. He kept a portion of that. He was hungry too. Somebody said, what about the tithing on this? He received it. I said he received it. He received the first portion, the tithe, and the first fruits, and he, he ate it. See, always that was for the priests and for the Levites. They got the first fruits and they got the tithes and they ate them. And that, that allowed God to bless the people. Because they're putting him first by blessing his ministers. So Jesus is breaking this and handing it and breaking it and handing it. And instead of running out, notice, as he broke off and gave away what was in his hand increased. He broke it and gave it what was in his hand increased. He broke it and gave it what was in his hand increased. So that you couldn't tell that he had broken the first previous piece off. It's still just as big. He broke it. And then after he'd given that, he starts eating. A grown man can eat more than that, you know. But as he kept eating, it's still there. He'd break it off and receive it. And what's in his hand multiplied. But then I begin to think, if those twelve had to hand it to every person, then uh, it would, I, I did the math. At just a few seconds per person times 10, 12, 15,000 people divided by 12, it would have taken them five, six hours moving fast. For them personally to do that. And it was already what? Late in the day. So what do we know happened? Huh? 
What do we know happened? The disciple came. Now here's Thomas or Matthew or Peter or somebody. And he's got this in his head. Now see, he just got a piece of the, the stuff. And a piece of the fish. Now I mean, know oh, he could have been, he could have been selfish and said, I'm hungry. But what did he do? He broke off a piece and he handed it to him and he broke off a piece of fish and he handed it to him. Now this man has got one, probably one hand of stuff, you know, in his hand. What would he be tempted to do? But what did he have to do? He had to break a piece off and hand it to this brother and break a piece of fish off and hand it to him. And then he starts eating what he's got. But after, everybody say after. After he gave some, what he had left was multiplied. I said after he gave, broke some off and gave some, what he had in his hand was multiplied. This brother broke some off, handed it down. Broke some of the fish off, handed it down. Now, it, it came down every person breaking it off, handing it. Breaking it off, handing it. Breaking it off, handing it. How many know that at any place along this line, somebody could have said, This ain't enough for me and you, I'm sorry. Couldn't they? At any, at any place, they could have stopped and said, Go over and see if they got some extra. This is, this is, this is not enough for me. And what would have happened? It would have stopped right there. When did the oil stop? When there was no more vessel receiving. Oh friends, have you got your ears open? Have you got your, God's perfect will for the body of Christ has always been that there is no lack. None. None. You see it after the day of Pentecost. Everybody started, everything that came through their hands, they started giving and laying down into apostles' hands. They started distributing. The word distribute means to pass through from one to another. That's what it literally means. To pass through from one to another. And there was no lack among them. No lack among thousands in the church there. No lack. Everybody had plenty and left over. Has God's will changed today? Why then are people lacking? Because somebody's stopping the line. Are you with me? Somebody's stopping and just eating it. And not only is the next person not receiving, but then theirs is not multiplied, so all they got's a handful and it's gone. Oh, but on this day, that whole congregation of thousands got a hold of the spirit of this. They got a hold of faith had risen. They've been out there for three days, three days, immersing in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. They're wired. When He tells them to lay down, they plop down. When He says take a piece and pass it down, they take a piece and pass it down. They passed it down. They passed it down. They passed it down. They passed it down that row. 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 The fifties and the hundreds and the fifties and the hundreds and this thousand and that thousand and that thousand and the other thousand. And as the time passed by, they just keep eating and they just keep eating because after they had broken off, 
passed down. What they had in their hands was multiplied. After. After. Oh friend, if we could have such a spirit about us that everything that comes to us, our natural, excuse me, our learned spiritual response, anything that comes through this hand, we go, here. Right? I mean, just, just our, just the way we work. I mean, it comes here, we go, clunk, here. Right? I mean, our two-year-olds need to know it. Amen? I mean, the first time they go, uh, we go, uh, uh. <laughs> right? It's not just a nice thing to share with Bubba and sis. It's the way we live. We have to do it because we want to do it that way. It's the law we live by. Everything that flows. Yeah, we honor God with our first fruits and tithes. But also, it's just our nature. I don't care if it's a piece of food. I don't care what it is. It's just our natural thing to go, hmm, you want some? Here. Here. I got some new shirts today. You want one? Here, man, I got paid today. You want some? Somebody said, you're joking. I'm not. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Put yourself in that crowd. Put yourself. This, I mean, we're not talking about a hundredfold here. Somebody said, what are we talking about? Let me give you some figures. Ooh, ooh, ooh. This little boy had probably a pound or less of food. Pound or less. He's a little boy. He's in a lunchbox. The time they all took a piece and passed it down and ate and were filled. Some of the guys could have eaten as much as two pounds. The ladies might not have eaten that much. The children wouldn't have eaten that much. But just an average of about a pound and a half. Average it down. We're looking at 20,000 to 30,000 fold. 20,000 to 30,000 foot. And I'm not talking about in a month. I'm talking about on the same day in a few hours. Oh, glory to God. Now, if he only had a half a pound, if that's, if that's all he had was a half a pound, you gotta double it. 40,000 fold. 50,000, and people squawk over a hundredfold? How many, how did all these birds get in the earth? How did all these fish get in the ocean? How did all these trees, how did all these people get here? And it's not a hundredfold anymore. Ooh, glory. Now, 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 are you with me? Why was it this big? Why was this miracle this great? Because nobody got stingy. Nobody got selfish down to the last man, the last woman, the last child. Mama got a piece. She turned around to these five kids. Here, give your brother a piece. Here, give your sister a piece. Here. I mean, it didn't stop. It didn't stop. That If it stopped, it only been hundredfold or a thousandfold. But it kept progressing until it was twenty, thirty whatever, thousand-fold multiplication on what was sown. The Bible said they all took as much as they wanted. The three days without, they're hungry, and they ate till they're all sitting there going, oh, man, phew, I'm full, are you? 
And they're still left over everywhere. They all were given some. They all gave some. They all had all they could hold. And they all had some left over. And they started out with the little boy's lunchbox, five tortillas and two fish sticks. And when they got through, Jesus said, all right, everybody happy? Yeah. Everybody full? Oh, yeah. He said, now, now gather it all up. We don't want anything lost. Gather it all up. They looked around and thought, oh, okay. How many know the Lord wants you to reap all your harvest? He don't want you to leave anything in the field. He wants you to reap it all. Reap all your harvest. So they begin to get some baskets and gather the pieces throughout the 50 and 100 ranks of the thousands. Now, I've, again, I've read after theologians that try to minimize these baskets. They said, well, these are, you know, these are little, little, uh, you know, little bitty baskets. I said, well, how you know how big it was? I know exactly how big it was. So how you know? Because I read the Bible. In the book of Acts, the exact same word for basket is used referring to the one they lowered Paul down from the wall in. I think it's bigger than that. Now Paul was a small guy, but... Now the word for baskets concerning the 4,000 Excuse me, the, the 5,000 was a different word from the basket for the 4,000. But even at that, even conservative, we, we know a basket big enough to hold a man and strong enough for him not to fall through it. And it's a big, big, strong basket. Conservatively, conservatively, a basket like that could hold 40 pounds of food. I'm, I'm being conservative here. could be a lot more than that. If it was only a half pound, which wouldn't be uncommon for a little boy's lunch. I mean, have you checked out how much food's in a Happy Meal? <laughs> All these little child lunches that you buy. If it was a half pound, you got to double it. It'd be a thousandfold return. So I said, how do you know it's his? Well, it was his to start with. I said it was his to start with. Can you say amen? It was his seed. Now, the 30,000-fold return, that didn't all come back to him. That's just what happened throughout the multitude. But he took home 500-fold, maybe a 1,000-fold in a day. We're not talking about standing and believing God for six months. We're talking about you sowed your seed, and a few hours later, you got a 1,000-fold In a few hours. Oh, glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.